You're listening to the Cleveland Comedy Network. My name's Steve Guy, the host of Happy Hour with Steve Guy, where I get to sit down and interview people who are from Cleveland originally or doing very cool things in Cleveland. It's all part of the Cleveland Comedy Network, just like the show you're about to listen to. To keep up to date with all the podcasts coming to the network, go to clevelandcomedyfestival.com slash the network. Hey, welcome to Tencent Beer Life. Hey, welcome back to another episode of Tencent Beer Life. I'm your host, Kyle, as always, with my co-host, Brian. What's up, dude? Not much, buddy. It's just continuing to be mostly bored. Uh, I, I am pretty excited that uh, even though it sucks and they never change it, finally I'm able to play Madden 21 and, and was able to wait and not pay for it. Um, I got that uh, EA Access. Do you Do you have any... Video game machines. I have a three in your life three sixty, and I have a a, Ooh. a Raspberry Pi that has all the old games on it. So like I'm not jealous of the Raspberry Pi. That's awesome. But uh, I have an Xbox One, and I have something called EA Access, which like you pay thirty bucks for the whole year, and you get a whole bunch of different games that EA's made over the years. But you also get their newer sports game like six months after they come out. So if you can hold out, like a game like Madden, it's dog shit. It's they don't do anything year year over year. They update the rosters. You're only paying for a roster update. That's it. They don't fuck with anything that the fans want. They just want to do that ultimate team. Have you played that MUT Madden Ultimate Team? No, no, that's where you. But I think I know what it is. Is that where you have to like buy like cards of players? They want you to go on, spend seventy dollars on the game, and then spend more money so you can get. Lawrence Taylor on your team, I'm assuming. Yep. You 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 have to like buy like packs and then I think you can like kind of gamble on on them like put a player up for and I I don't play it. I fully stay away from it. So I could be wrong here. This is what I I think I I understand of it. Um but it's a, yeah, it, it's all just a big big attempt for microtransactions throughout the game to get people to spend real money you know throughout as opposed to just buy the game and then we have the money and that's it. Um, so fuck them. And I, I was able to, to wait it out. And finally, um, yesterday, it became available. And so that that's big for me. And if you're able to, to, to wait six months for Madden and the updated roster, go with the fucking EA Access. 30 bucks for a whole year is great. Do you... Uh... Do you play people online, or are you just sitting there like running like a season? Dude, yeah, I'm, I, I'll, I'll play a little bit online. Um, I'm not the most disciplined or, or patient Madden player. I'd like to work at myself at like getting better at the online playing, but like you know, after after a few times of of you know picking up chunk yards on on ISOs, I, I just want to fucking air the ball out. So I'm, <laughs> I'm playing at, at all pro franchise mode, stacking the deck. No, no. Uh, no salary cap. Just oh, you're a free agent. Back up the Brinks truck. Who wants the money? Yeah, yeah. You're a Cleveland Brown. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. We used to play in high school. This is like before you had the internet stuff. We had like ten or twelve people come. We went, got together, and we drafted teams and would go once a week to a buddy's house and just take turns like running games and play the season that way. That is so much fun. We used to do that in college. We had uh, everybody that was on our floor. Um, I, I want to say there were like eight of us came together. We we filled up two different uh, conferences, and you play all your conference games, and um, it, it's just it's a lot of fun to do it like that. But now that I'm 32 and and uh, a shut in, I I just <laughs> want my franchise mode, and they don't they don't update it at all. There's all these things that they could make it a far more immersive and realistic experience, but they don't change it. They haven't changed the fr- the franchise mode or made any improvements to it in probably like eight, nine years. It's ridiculous. We did that episode on video games, and uh, uh-huh. I posted a bunch of shit, and I kept getting like sponsored ads for stuff. And uh-huh. I we talked about uh, the NCAA 14 game that I got, and it's worth like $200 now. What? Yeah, I could sell it right now. I have a copy of it. Uh, it's got um, uh, the Denard Robinson's on the cover of it. That's how I old remember it. it. Yeah, it's worth like two hundred bucks, and the nerds have went in, 
and updated it, and they basically hacked into it so you can play this game. And for uh, PlayStation 3, it's a lot easier. It's just like a matter of like plugging in a USB from your computer. But for like Xbox 360, you have to send it out and get your motherboard like resoldered. But then, Jesus. yeah, I mean, it costs like 60 bucks to do, which I, I, I just haven't done it yet because I don't play a bunch of games. But basically, you can get like up-to-date college football. I already can download the rosters, but they like update like uniforms and stadiums and coaches and just everything. Like, So when they I joined the group on Facebook or whatever to follow, like kind of figure out what I'm doing with it. And uh, like they're like, we're going to release the new college football game. And everybody's like, fuck that. They're going to fuck it up. Madden's trash. They don't ever do anything. So yeah. people are like, we don't care. We're going to just keep running this NCAA 14 on a 360 or PS3 forever. And uh, basically people have come together to that game. It's nuts. And That's amazing. It's called uh, NCAA football, NCAA 14 revamped. And they basically, you download these files, put it on there. And it's like, when you load up the screen, it has like Trevor Lawrence. You know what I mean? Like it's no shit. Yeah. It's pretty wild. Uh, these video game people are insane. I, I wish I had more time. Uh, to play games are better. I'm the same way you are. Like, if I played online, I would just get smoked. I throw so many interceptions. Me too. That's all, that's all I do. Like, it's, it's a, you know, a couple, couple decent run plays, and then it's like, oh, my, I just get the itch. And then it's like, okay, let's go downfield. <laughs> and then it's always picked. I, I started a dynasty with Kent State because my wife went there. And I was like, I'll build it up. I'll eventually get the Ohio State job. And then I played just to, like, get my uh, feet wet. I played on what, what like – not all all American, but the one ball varsity, and I made it to uh-huh. the title game like my second season. Uh, I lost, and then I turned it up a level, and it's just like I'm struggling with and like in the max. So it's kind of realistic, you know, I guess. But yeah, so it's fun. Like I lose and get pissed, but um, maybe I shouldn't throw four interceptions a game either. So, <laughs> and then uh, what the basketball games too? The last generation of NCAA uh, EA Sports ten. And then 2K8, which I happen to own as well, they're both they're 120, 140 dollars a pop. Damn, for especially for like for disc games, that's crazy because those things, I always had a hard time keeping them clean and unscratched. Now I'm a bull in a china shop, but I'm surprised that disc games would go for that high. Are you one of the people that like would just leave them sitting all over the top of the PlayStation? <sighs> Sometimes, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I uh, I was always, I wasn't, or they were always in the wrong box. I do that, but I made sure to put them back in a box, because I imagine like if I fucked up one game as a kid, and my parents found out about it, they'd be like, "What the fuck?" Yeah, I, I with like the you know being an adult, I'm better about it. But like as a teen and a even a, a young adult in my early twenties, I I fucked up just about all of them. Yeah, what can you do? Yeah. I just took down my Christmas tree yesterday, so there's that. So that's there you go. Yeah, that's how responsible I am. So <laughs> I got I'm I wanted to keep mine up longer. Sarah said no. Sarah needs a theme. Everything needs to go. Ah, she's behind you, dude. She heard you. She's right behind me. She I'll, heard I'll you right to her goddamn face. <laughs> uh, I got my second vaccination shot, and uh, no sickness at all, no side effects. Uh, That's awesome. Yeah, when this thing whole started, like I thought I was going to die. Um, I've had it and then got two shots and uh wasn't too bad for me. Uh, when did you get the second one? Friday. Okay, so you you got a little under a week, week and a half-ish until it's like at peak effectiveness. Is that what they say? I don't know. I'm a yeah, big donut. It, it's it's like two weeks after that shot. You that's when you hit that ninety five percent. Ah, the uh, the nurse told me she said after I, I said, "Am I going to get sick?" Like I've been hearing, you know, multiple reports, and she was like, "Drink Gatorade, electrolytes, or everything." So I went to the gas station, bought three Gatorades, chugged one, then stopped at the grocery store and got Pedialyte. And I was electrolyte the fuck up all weekend. That's what I, I mean, I got to go sugar free on all the shit. That That's I drink, what she so. said. Go sugar free if you have to, but electrolytes. Yeah. 
We do. Uh, I got like like 120 packs of the little packets of of Gatorade Zero powder, and that that's been the the MVP of of quarantine for me. I I I make that shit all the time. I got like a Brita, fill it up in the the shaker bottle. It's the it's the shit. I love it. I uh I've been drinking berry hibiscus Starbucks packets, <laughs> and I I buy frozen fruit to throw in there. I'm just so fancy. I think I've been talking about this. They should sponsor us. Yes. Really, we should get a Starbucks sponsor. <laughs> I love the boner you have for your Starbucks, dude. Team. I I was like. I don't even know how to order it up until like three months ago. And then I had this fucking berry hibiscus tea. And I was like in line every day like a crackhead to get one. And uh, they're five bucks does a piece. The hibiscus, does the hibiscus add enough to really be necessary? I mean, do you need flower petals, Japanese flower petals for your tea? I don't even know what it tastes like. They're not even, it's not even in there. It's just like, it's a concentrate. I should order real hibiscus to put in there though. Oh, that's that's yep. a good idea. I don't even know that might that might change the game. Real hibiscus. Thirteen year old get you a koi pond. <laughs> Thirteen year old Kyle would make fun of me so hard right now. <laughs> you bitch, you drinking tea? <laughs> drinking Japanese flower teas. My dad also probably would talk shit to me too. <laughs> Rest his soul. Uh, <laughs> um so yeah, that's all that's new in my life. I'm uh Fully microchipped and uh, ready to go. That's awesome. I'm jealous. Yeah. In due time, uh, what president came out and said, everybody will have it'll be available to everybody by the end of May. Fucking better be. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Right. Summer 2021 is uh, about to be wild. Man. But there's still, all, I mean, so many people are, are saying they're not going to get it. So uh, we'll see how this all looks. Well, I, at that point, though, like, what do you do? You know, if you don't want to get it, uh, you know, it's available. I, fuck you. I mean, if, you, if, yeah. if, you, if you're the Patriot and you want to go in, I mean, you're not going to be upset being in a crowded TGI Fridays if you don't want to get the fucking thing anyways. So I don't know. Yeah, if you, were, if you weren't getting the thing anyways, you weren't taking COVID seriously in the first place. Yeah, so. yeah. If you don't want the vaccine, that's fine. But, you know. It's open up Cedar Point, and you know if you want to go and you, you want to get sick and die, I guess that's your prerogative. I guess now you were offered it. You know there was a solution. I don't know. I don't have the answer. Be an interesting person that that both takes COVID seriously and doesn't want the the vaccine. It'd be an interesting mix of person because typically, if you didn't believe in COVID and you're like fuck this, I'm just gonna master dumb. I'm not doing this. This is all just lies from the government. You're also thinking that the vaccine is Bill Gates trying to to chip you or that the government's trying to push some sort of craziness on you. But it'd be I'd, I'd be interested to talk to somebody who believed in covid and won't get the vaccine. I've met people that are like, I don't really think this is a big deal. We need to open everything up. But, yeah, I'll get the vaccine. Like, I've met those people. Yes. But uh, they don't give a shit about the vaccine, but they're like, I'll take it if I can, you know go to a movie theater again you know they're like we don't i don't care i don't know people yeah the people the people that i've noticed that are like i'm not going to take this and i'm like you're eating fucking flaming hot cheetos or you're drinking <laughs> mountain dews like w- w- at what point do you your body's a temple <laughs> you know okay yeah I, i've put enough garbage into myself i've drank enough jägermeister in my time where i, I shouldn't be picky yeah I, i'm not I think that's obviously the ultimate poison you can put in your body jägermeister yeah, Jägermeister. I used to drink Natty Daddy. You ever had that? Is that the uh, the like the fruit punch ones or the lemonade ones? No, that's the like the malt liquor one. I just remember the Natural Light twenty four fucking box, ten dollars. Let's drink one of them a night for four years. I used to, I did that all through college. Ten bucks for the for the twenty four pack was the best, but. Uh, I remember in college they came out with a 30 rack and they started changing things around. But some, they, there's like a tall boy called Natty Daddy, and it is 8% alcohol by volume. And it was $1.30 when I was drinking beer at least, and I used to drink those, and they were disgusting. But, I mean, they got you real fucked up for real cheap. Oh, yeah. Dude, did you, did you have any friends? Did you ever go visit Dayton, University of Dayton, no. when you were in college? Mm-mm. You'd go there and be like, oh, okay. Everybody was drinking Milwaukee's best. And they're like, this is a beast campus. That's what yeah. we drink. And I'm like, are you fucking serious? This is 
The worst beer. Keystone. If anybody brought Keystone over, I think that was probably the worst. But then fucking a close. I'd say Milwaukee's Milwaukee's best or Ice House. Anybody who drank Ice House is a fucking lunatic. (laughs) Um, I've had Ice House. We were we were mostly a natty campus. But with Pittsburgh, you'd have the uh, the Yinzers drinking the fucking Icy Light or American Light or whatever that shit's called as locally brewed. Oh, Um, I've I've been to to campuses that were more uh, uh, Keystone. I I can't remember which one I went to that was more Keystone. Maybe was it Allegheny where they were all about Keystone? I can't remember. Um, it, my my favorite was uh was Bushlight was my my nice change up beer because the the distributor I went to school in PA, so in Pennsylvania you can't just go to a grocery store or a gas station and buy beer. It's so fucking dumb. You have to specifically go to a beer distributor, and they would have uh, Bush Lights for thirteen bucks for a, a a case of of bottles, and that was just a, a delightful change up. I love that one. I'm a fa- I'm a fan of the Bush Light. That that was kind of it's a delicious. Step- I I I still I stick with it. I was drinking it in high school and then I went to college and was broke, but now I'm back. I, I'm a high life guy. I drink uh, Miller High Life. If I'm drinking a nice American fucking Pilsner, it's the champagne of beers for me. When I was able to drink beers, uh, I I I enjoyed my first two high lifes. Like I I would have a couple high lifes the first two i'm like why don't i drink this more and then like the third one i all of a sudden just within my taste buds it would switch every time i'd be like this is i don't want to keep drinking this this is not very good oh man i love it and they put out the now they put out actual champagne bottles at holiday time <laughs> so like at christmas i'm just opening up champagne bottles of beer and pouring them and drinking them and it's it's a lot of fun it's a great beer um I miss Miller. I like Miller Lite a lot. I mean, when I that period of like after college until uh, having diarrhea affect my life to the point of stopping gluten, uh, Miller Lite was probably my go-to at a bar type of beer if I was just drinking a bunch. Now, thank God that fucking uh, like White Claw and shit is around, so I have something to pace myself because otherwise, I'm just drinking neat scotch, cheap neat scotch like Dewars, <laughs> and and just getting fucked up real fast. Well, that's that's always fun. I I can't say that I don't enjoy that, but you don't do the ciders. I had a friend that could it was gluten, and he would be like, "I'm drinking strong bow," and I that's that's where my kicker comes into play. The diabetes, oh, like I can't fuck. drink, I can't drink the ciders because of all the sugar. Now I have one cider that I love that's only like three grams of sugar per, uh, called Joker by Ace Cider, and that one's delicious, and it's like six point seven percent alcohol, but. Uh, like they don't have it at a bunch of bars. If they had it at a bar, I'd be all about that. I've shit, never heard of it's it. It's pretty rare. I've never heard it's of good. it. It's good. It's a dry cider. I'll have to uh, scope it out and not buy it and just go, ah, there it is in the store because I don't really care for <laughs> I'll it. I'll bring some over with the scotch. We'll yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll make Sarah come and get it. <laughs> yeah, that sounds good. So, uh, sports. Uh, sports. Sports. Uh, no J.J. Watt. Um, oh, well. I, Until I saw how much he got paid. Like when, at first when I saw, it, I was like, "What the fuck are you doing, Arizona? This goes against everything that was you were talking about wanting to be on a real contender." Like Arizona's okay, but like I don't know, I don't know if this is the move, JJ. And then I saw, oh, you just wanted the one big giant payday again because he's getting twenty three mil guaranteed, and it's like an average of what sixteen, seventeen mil a season if he hits all of his uh, incentives and shit. It's like. Damn. Okay. We. I would have been pissed if the Browns paid him that. Actually. Yeah. I. You know. I. I was kind of like. The money thing really didn't matter to me too much, but it's just like time and time again because it's. I always look at it. It's not my money. I was arguing with somebody. They're like, we fucking overpaid for Austin Hooper, and I'm like, who cares? It's not your money. He was a two-time Pro Bowler when we signed him. He didn't have quite the year that he expected to. At the end yeah. of the day, it's not my money. It's not my decision. Uh, but JJ, why it's different? Because there's so many guys come here, and then they're just like, "All right, I'm going to settle up and I'm going to coast." And I just maybe that's what JJ wants to do. Maybe he wants to just kind of be the big guy, one last hurrah, and then coast out with a big payday. I mean, if he really football w- when you're when you when you're in your window, like I, I I get what you're saying. Like you know, if it's baseball and and it's kind of like spend as much as you want, nobody cares. There's no rules. I, it's like okay, that's that's not my money. I don't give a fuck. But 
like in football when you're kind of potentially up against it and we're when we're in the window like we'll see what happens with Baker Mayfield the window could just just snap tight that quick cuz the ability to bring in top-notch talent when you still have your rookie on their uh or your your quarterback on their rookie deal that's when you got all this cash but if we're if we're tying up 30 mil a year in Baker Mayfield all of a sudden we got to get kind of miserly or else we're going to be fucked and you got to you got to pick between Denzel Ward and Nick Chubb. You got to choose between, you know, if if you pay JJ Watt that much, can we bring in some decent secondary help? Uh, at this point, I, it's looking like you know the other the other guys are probably going to get paid a bunch. I think Carl Lawson's the guy. If we can get Carl Lawson, I think that's best case scenario. I you know I would like to see him do something. I'm not going to sit here and uh, speculate. Carl Lawson would be good. I think Marshawn Lattimore would be. Uh, That's top, top, top priority if you can make that happen. Yeah, yeah. I mean, do you do it? And then you, you I mean, you got to pick between him and Denzel Ward probably at that point when you want to sign him. So I'm taking him. And um, I mean, we, we'd have to part with, with assets to get him as well. Like he's, he's, it's not like he's just up for grabs right now. Yeah. Well, I mean, they're in salary crap hell, so I imagine they're going to move someone. It, it may not be him. And then what? what's the other guy? Devonta David, or the linebacker from Tampa? Levante David. Levante David, sorry. Uh, his, no, he, I mean, his name is getting bigger and bigger, but I don't, I don't see us putting that money out there for a middle linebacker. You know? For a middle linebacker north of 30. Yeah, yeah, I just don't see it, and I don't, I don't want that. Um I know Anthony Harris is a guy that has came up too, and you kind of. I don't want to put it into safety. I'd rather put it into corner. Um, I I have I think we can get serve a serviceable safety somewhere without having to pay big money. I like if you're going to pay big money, I'd say corner or D end, one of the two. Personally, fair. I I mean those are at, at this point in the NFL, those are the most important positions. Uh, yeah. So I'm with you. I I just these these are the names that keep getting circulated around, and uh, if the Browns do anything like they normally do, they'll sign somebody that nobody's talking about. <laughs> It'll be somebody yeah, you know. Austin what I mean? Hooper. Yeah. Right. They're just out of nowhere. Do you, are you are you mad about that signing? I mean, is he's like the high he had like the highest paid tight end contract. I mean, he wasn't obviously one of the best, but when we signed him, he was probably top five. And then he just had a down year. I mean, are you? Is that something that? Because I was arguing, I was like, "Who cares?" Like, you know, he may have a bounce back year. We're getting another weapon for Baker. But the more I think about it, it's like, you know, do we should we be upset that we spent this money on it? Because tight ends in the NFL, it's it's Kelsey and uh, 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 George Kittle, and then everybody else. Like, is it dumb? So it's like I, I can't say that I'm mad about it. Uh, I do. I wish that we didn't do it personally. Yeah. I, like, I, if, if I, if it was up to me and I somehow had a do over, I would not have, have signed Austin Hooper to that. But like, as far as piss goes, the Stefanski offense, the tight ends play an extra important role. Uh, we'll see what happens this coming year as, as Baker gets a little more time in the Stefanski, uh, offense. I, I, and, and we're probably not going to have Njoku next year. So who knows? Good riddance, as far as I'm concerned. That's a guy that I uh, I had rocks for hands at times, and he, he was kind of wishy washy. Like, get him out of here. Some real clutch catches in the in the postseason and in different situations. I mean, I'm not saying, he, but potential it, so high. Yeah, dude. I mean, but just when is he going? He showed up in the playoff, uh, but just other times it was just like he was non-existent, and then he's like, "I want to trade it. I don't want traded. I want traded." It's like we don't need that bullshit. Nobody else is doing that. That I agree with. Like you know, yeah, he's only he's only twenty two, which is like, oh fuck, like he, he this kid is so young and he's got so much time to develop. But also, he has he seems to think very highly of himself to the point where he's going to cry to the public, be like, I'm being underutilized, trade me, get the fuck out of here. You haven't done a goddamn thing. And then when it comes time to repay him, he probably wants a lot. I mean, he physically he's probably if you just look at him, you're like, this guy should be one of the top ten players in the NFL. Like physically, he's imposing. Fucking <laughs> yeah, uh, but yeah, he just hasn't shown up. I went to I went to training camp. Uh, I usually try to go every year. Obviously, I didn't go this year, but 
just watching him in practice drop fucking ball after ball after ball. And then there was that, uh, there was a HBO show and they were like, hit the jugs mm-hmm. machine and he's all pissed about it. And it's like, you shouldn't be pissed about having to catch passes. Like that's your fucking job. You make millions of dollars. Yeah. So I, I'm not a fan. Uh, good riddance. Uh, Harrison Bryant though. I'm, I'm excited about him. So sure as shit hopes that he, that he comes along. He, uh, and, and typically tight ends have, have rough rookie years. Like, Tight end is one of the steeper learning curves. Uh, that DB offensive line, uh, you know, running back's the easiest learning curve. You can come in and dominate. All of a sudden, r- randomly within the last few years, quarterback is not nearly as much of a learning cur- curve as it used to be. It used to be like, you know, you had a 50-50 shot of where, like, you, you'd sit a lot of your rookie year until you're ready or, you know, they started you and you struggled until you were ready. Now it's like guys hit the ground running. It's It's strange. Um, D linemen have a tendency to do real well early on. Um, some linebackers, but like a lot of DBs and a lot of tight ends, and then offensive linemen tend to kind of struggle. Yeah, I you know it, it's noticed in the past few years too with the receivers. It seems like they for when I was a kid, I was like a third year receiver, third year receiver. So I mean, it changes. I mean, it's really about. Yeah, the person and the age and the maturity. I mean, I kind of throw wide the- receivers in the middle. Yeah, I mean, even like you, you saw this year, like you know, Justin Jefferson ended up popping and being like a top top talent, but like Jerry Judy, who was supposed to have some of the most polished skills of anybody coming out of that draft, C.D. Lamb, who you know, yeah, Dak got hurt, and who knows what would have happened, but like you know, Jerry Judy, his route running skills were supposed to have have him near the top of the NFL right away, and he he struggled. I mean, yeah, they kind of a carousel with Drew Locke and different quarterbacks in in the uh, the Denver system, but he still neither of those guys really panned out like you expected. It, it's not all that common for a rookie wide receiver to dominate, which is why Justin Jefferson might be special. Yeah, I mean Odell was that way. He came into the league, and he's like one of the first guys that I remember being like, "Oh shit." And then it just seemed like a couple more here and there than that used to Green, be. I remember. Yeah. So when he first started, was pretty dominant. Joe Hayden played him like really good for a few years, and then played him really bad after that. We we're. I always thought Joe Hayden did a great job with him, and Joe Hayden always seemed to do well against former SEC wide receivers. It was like some sort of confidence boost of him, you know, reverting back to college days. But other than that, like Joe Hayden, I always liked, but there was a the the durability issues especially at the end and then b joe hayden even during his absolute prime as a cleveland brown was one stop and go route away from being elite like he would get burned by a a stop and go route every single game like it it felt like (laughs) where you know he would be like clamping a guy down and then all of a sudden so some guy you know pulls up short on the route acts like he's about to make a catch and then keeps running and joe hayden is just left there holding the bag, getting fucked. I didn't realize he made a Pro Bowl as a Steeler as well. I imagine that's more of a product. It can't be as difficult to be a, a player in the secondary when the pass rush is that fucking crazy. Sure. Like it has been. That's that's the way it is. That's what Marshawn Lattimore, I mean, he, he was a Pro Bowler this year, but, like, his numbers were terrible. I mean, you know, compared to what it was. So, uh, anywho. Uh, we'll we'll keep we'll keep drugging ahead. We could probably ramble about the Browns for two hours, but uh, there's not much going on. I have no idea who we're going to draft, which is kind of a cool feeling. Um, I've seen a lot. I mean, you know, I, I've looked at a few mock drafts, and who the fuck knows? Every year they they project somebody, and it's always wrong. Yeah, I see what um, uh, that uh, edge rusher, Zaven Collins or whatever. Is he the kid from Penn State? No. Um, the one from Tulsa, Tulsa. Okay. He's a, a linebacker from Tulsa. Hmm. Interesting. I haven't looked into it in probably a month, so I'm way off. They probably have shuffled everything around 10 times since then. I don't mind the idea of him. And I don't mind the idea of the defensive tackle from Alabama, Christian Barrymore. Barmore. Oh yeah. Yeah. Whatever it is. He's a beast. He's a beast. Yeah. Uh, I guess not the best against the run, which I don't love, but. Fuck it. Let's see what happens. Right.
Well, uh, the Indians are uh, hot in the news, too. So uh, you're the Indians I'm guy. fucking all fired up about Dude. it. Dude. I'm all fired up about so, it. Because everybody just reads headlines, and, and everybody has all this shit to say, and now everybody's uh, hypersensitive about anything that has to do with this subject matter. So, like, this new story came out about, well, a couple weeks ago, something came out about Mickey Callaway being a creep. Um, about him sending dick pics, about him being very sexually aggressive, not just to women outside the organization, but within the organization and on LinkedIn of all goddamn places. Dude, I, I never would th- think to uh, try to pick up women on LinkedIn. I get such a fucking rage headache from looking at LinkedIn at all. LinkedIn is the ultimate in facades and and just putting up a front and being fake. LinkedIn is the fakest place you're going to see anywhere. Uh, like that's saying a lot, dude. That's saying a lot it. over Instagram. It's it's worse than Instagram. See, it is far worse <laughs> than Instagram because you you can't even try and like. I mean, I I was supposed to use it a lot at my old job, and I felt massively uncomfortable doing it. See, because nothing felt authentic at all. I don't. I put up like right when it started. I uh, I got on there. I was fresh out of college. It was a brand new site, and I put up whatever is on there, and it's still on there. I don't know my login. I don't know shit. But every now and mm-hmm. again, I'll get an email being like, "So and so wants to connect on LinkedIn," and I'm like, <laughs> "This still shows that I'm a manager at a subway, dude." Like, what? <laughs> Yeah, they probably think I'm a fucking loser, but no, I it's connected to talk sandwiches. Yeah, well, now I'm a lunch lady. I've been been lunch lady in for a long time, so uh, I don't have any use for it, and perf- I don't need to go there to look for lunch. Other lunch ladies, <laughs> Craigslist does the job. <laughs> um, so I know nothing about LinkedIn. So is it a whole like? Are you putting pictures up on there too? No, I mean, like you put you make your your profile picture or whatever, and then. The rest of it is like just all sorts of just you trying to portray yourself as and some people are genuine, I guess. Some people are the most positive person in the world. Um, it just well, there's only this, one this trash about. No, it, there's a bunch of people tied for it, apparently. No. And like, it's just you try to portray yourself in a way. Uh, I mean, think think about the, the, the way that you portray yourself for a job interview. Think think about how much bullshit you you build up for yourself and about yourself for a job interview. Do you ever go into a job interview going, "I'm going to be my authentic self"? I mean, I did when I was when I first started interviewing for jobs. Yeah, I haven't interviewed for a job in a decade, so I I'm very out of touch. <laughs> I feel like I would. I used to roll in, dude, just you know, twenty three years old, just throwing a butt on the ground, getting out of the car, and walking into the interview, and been like. I don't know why they didn't hire me. Like, it's <laughs> Aflac insurance. And I'm just like, fucking ties all off and stains on my shirt. So I, to to say that I, I'm, I'm an anomaly. Like, I just walked in there like, <laughs> I'll do all the work, but I'm a slob. Think about if a job if was, if somebody mentioned a job to you and it was, and it felt like it wasn't something that you necessarily deserved, but you really wanted, sounded like fun and would pay you really well. Would you go in there and remain yourself or would you try and portray yourself as the best version that you could possibly drum up about yourself? Because that's what LinkedIn is. It is 100%. Everybody's trying to move up professionally and, and, and just network professionally. And so at, nobody's being themselves. Everybody's trying to be the job interview version of themselves at all times. And it just makes me so uncomfortable. I <laughs> Fair. But anyways, like it's definitely not a place to pick up women, as you had said. So Mickey Calloway. Um, made the news for being creepy. And then just the other day, uh, an article for The Athletic came out uh, contesting the Indians and Chris Antonetti saying that they knew nothing about Mickey Calloway's behavior. They had heard no actual reports about these things. And, you know, somebody in The Athletic came out with this article saying, no, they, they did know things. And it's causing a lot of shit. Even my fiance messaged me this morning saying, Oh boy, your boy Tito's in trouble. Uh, I heard that he, you know, had had covered some stuff up, and it's like, no, that is that is that is information from fucking headline reading only. Um, 
which I'm sure she just heard on the radio, correct? Yeah, she heard it on the radio <laughs> from people from people who read headlines and who are trying to to get attention. And it's like, read the fucking article. All it is is that like the the instance that they said that the Indians were actually aware of, where the Indians had claimed they knew nothing, was Mickey Calloway had had a, a, a consensual affair. He banged some dude's wife. Yeah, like that's it. But it was in spring training. They were out in Arizona in Phoenix, and he yeah. started sleeping. And then the husband just kept calling the Indians every day and being like, "Your pitching coach is fucking my wife. Your pitching coach is fucking my wife. Your pitching yeah, coach is fucking like my wife." Like a fucking maniac. Absolutely, anybody from the Indians, if this guy's calling daily, are going to pick up the phone. And go, yeah, okay, we'll, we'll we'll have somebody reach back out to you, and then hang up the phone and go. So this crazy guy keeps calling. They're not going to actually bring that to the people at the top. And if they do, who cares? Mickey Calloway is allowed to have affairs. It's not against the law. Now, if you knew that Mickey Calloway was being predatory and somehow you had actual evidence that they, that somebody within the organization had reported Mickey Calloway for being predatory and for sending dick pics to women within the organization, absolutely everybody should be in a lot of trouble for the cover-up. But it is specified in the article that the women in the organization that he had been creepy to did not report it. Be- not so much because an issue with the Indians, but with the culture of baseball. Yeah, and that's that's the misconception that you know that the talking heads are running with is that he was doing this to people that worked in the organization. And at first, I was reading, it, I was like, "Man, fuck these guys," but it wasn't reported. Hey, you're 100 percent right, according to what we know right now. Um, Tito like tweeted out today and basically was like, Hey, I know there's a lot of questions you guys want answered, but right now there's an investigation. I can't answer them, but we willingly did not cover up anything. He did come out and say that that was today. So it's and like, they, they called it the worst kept secret. I'm sure that everybody knew. I mean, like people said that, you know, Mickey would flirt with people. Mickey would flirt with players, girlfriends and wives. Yeah. He used to like go it, to the, the players, like warm up before the game. And he goes, Hey fellas, where's the beef? I mean, yeah. I mean, it's not a secret that athletes are, are can be womanizers and just be, you know, poon poonhounds as you called it often. Yeah, poonhounds. Yeah. Mickey Calloway is a poonhound, and and as it turns out, an actual problem. Yeah, for for any workplace, Mickey Calloway is a problem. Now, now that is not what is up for debate, and that is what people are kind of smashing in different arguments together. People are are taking two separate things. And saying them in, in in parallel conversations, but but not distinguishing. Like everybody in the twenty four hour news cycle, and, and you know sports sports news right now is really fucking boring. So yeah, you got to get something where people are talking. Um, nobody's really making the distinction that uh, the, you know the thing that's the smoking gun that that is supposedly out there is the fact that it, this guy had reported that his wife had this this affair and that Mickey had sent uh, nudes to her. He sent dick pics to her that the guy's calling non-consensual. It's like, okay, brother, like th- this is not our problem. We are a professional baseball team. You should handle your own shit at home. You don't need to continue to daily bring this to our organization. And he did it to the Indians. He did it to the Mets. He brought it to Major League Baseball. Nobody gave a fuck because he's a crazy guy whose wife got boned by a former professional athlete and current coach. As far as the other shit goes, there's no evidence. All it is, is is people saying like, oh, everybody knew Mickey was was like that. But who knows how much they actually knew? Again, you, you know, it, it could have just been, oh, Mickey's Mickey's horny. <laughs> like we all know that. Everybody knows that. But Mickey's allowed to be horny as long as he's not pushing his position within the company or, or doing non-consensual things with people within the organization. Well, and now that people have come through and spoke up, he's suspended. I mean, I. I Somebody's got to make the claim before anything can happen. It can't just be hearsay and you, you just suspend a guy. So I'm not sticking up for Mickey at all. I don't give a fuck about that. What it is 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 now I'm hearing that Tito might go down and Antonetti might go down. Well, and that's it. Until until the facts all come out, like, you know, innocent until proven guilty. And as of now, everything that's being reported is that they, you know, they even addressed the uh, addressed the fucking uh, the affair. You know, they they talked to him about it. They had a lawyer, you know, that said, "Hey, do you want Tito to call you?" And the guy was like, "No." And then they, you know, got, he went to the Mets shortly after. But yeah, nothing nothing was reported to the Indians. The Indians didn't 
do anything wrong. They might there might have been hearsay that the guy's horny, but there was no misconduct reported within the organization. Uh, right now that we're finding out, anyways, you know what I mean. That may change. Yes. That may change, and then then probably your opinion and probably my opinion will change on on the. But right now, like, no reason to get rid of these guys. Um, and then another big piece of it is that Francona's son came out cool. and was like this big thing. I can't keep silent anymore. My father's behavior is the reason that we're not close. And, uh, you know, he had tried to get his dad to do the right thing. And it's like you sent out a very cryptic message. You did not say anything specific in that fucking tweet. And you, but except for the fact that you said that you and your dad aren't close, like, and it's no secret that a, he doesn't like his dad. He's been pretty vocal about that for a while. And if you, you Google him, he said that this entire time he's, he has worked in baseball and it seems like he has nothing but issues and, and he just wants to, um, to air out. He, I've seen that he has problems with the way they treat veterans. He had some sort of personality disagreement with whoever was running the Dodgers when he was a, a player personnel guy there and they let him go and he chalked it all up to, to the, you know, the PTSD and shit that he had as a veteran and said that, that the baseball doesn't take care of, of veterans, military veteran. Um, yeah. Military veterans. Now th- thank you for your service, Nick Francona. Absolutely. But like, a lot of this stuff, and I you know that just my opinion from what I'm seeing, everything that Nick Francona does publicly is him calling out shit and like, this is what's wrong with this. This is what's wrong with this. This is what's wrong with this. It seems like he's trying to make himself a reputation and get a lot of attention off of being the person who's pointing out shortcomings and issues like and then you're just going to do this with your dad. You're not going to actually share details about what you think your dad did do, didn't do. Um, I think it's all bullshit, personally. Yeah, his statement wasn't that my dad knew about Mickey Callaway. It was my dad. My dad's a poon hound, too, is basically what he was saying. You know, like, it's hurt my family. And that's why we're not close. It's because my dad's, you know, smashing. So, yeah, if, if, if Tito was, was being predatory to women within the organizations, that's a big problem. If Tito's out there cheating on his wife, not something I personally condone. And yes, I do lose a little bit of respect for him as a person. Um, but overall, he's allowed to do that. We are not some sort of fucking, you know, religious. You know, we're not governed by like this isn't radical Islam. We are not governed by actual religious moral standards. You can do whatever you want. It, it, we don't need to be the moral police on on what is right and what is wrong until it's something that is actual predatory behavior. Yeah, adultery. I don't agree with it. I mean, I, I think it's disgusting when you do that. But at the end of the day, that's not his. That's not his business's fucking problem. You know. Yeah. They, there's f- guys who've done far worse things that are still employed in Major League Baseball and professional sports. Uh, and cheating isn't illegal. I mean, that's that's the bottom line. He did nothing illegal. Uh, Tito, that is. Mickey, on the other hand, may have. Uh, but that's yeah. it to be seen. And he's he's suspended. He's out of work. So uh, baseball is doing their thing. It's it's easy to start trying to burn down everything. Um, it does sound like there needs to be some changes made within baseball in general. But, I mean... Uh, Sure. I mean, it's a big old boys club. How could it not be? You know, like it's yes, everybody needs to evolve, but it's, you know, baseball has always been a a very dude like culture and it's yeah, it, it needs to catch up in a million ways. Baseball needs to catch up with the times. But like this is just, you know, for a, a guy like Terry Francona, if if this kind of headline shit that has taken down so many people, just a court of public opinion based off a headline shift to a point where uh, a business like the Indians feels like they need to make a change to save face. If that's what takes down Tito, I will be so fucking sad and angry. Yeah, it's I, I'm already mad at Indians fans. But if, if this if this takes down Tito and Antonetti, then I will be fucking devastated. Yeah, I it's 
you hear these things that happen, and I guess as two two white dudes, we may have a different perspective. But I think you almost have to look at every case individually, and it's now we've we've created a culture where it's just immediately burn it down and let's not hear what's really going on. It's it's guilty until proven innocent, and it should be the opposite way. Uh, no matter who you are, what you are, your 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 background, your sex, your gender, whatever, we should just stop condoning people immediately, and uh, you know, hear what they have to say at least. And then if they're if they're uh, you know doing shitty shit, then fuck them, you know, deal with yeah. them. And I, if it comes out that they're covering this up like a Penn State thing or whatever, because he's Mickey Callaway is a hell of a fucking baseball coach. That's yeah. that's why, you know, if this stuff was going on and they're covering it up, I wouldn't be surprised because, I mean, he's just he's such a beast. I mean, he he's just develops pitchers and his analytics have just been revolutionary in baseball. Uh, he's very sought after. Um, that said, I was a big fan. I was a big, course, big fan. Of course. But it, I, I the only thing I knew about it was that he was in like some sort of punk band or some shit like that. I knew he used to play baseball. That's all I knew. I don't know. I don't know. Right? Wasn't Mickey Cavalier in a band? I don't know. You asking me? I don't know. I told you that. <laughs> or are you talking to your phone? But I don't know. I'm just talking out loud right now. We'll uh we'll see what happens with it. I mean, it's you know I I, I just try to stay neutral until all the facts are presented and we'll go from there. That's kind of my take. You know, if it does it happens that, you know, Tito was covering this up so he could develop his staff, then, you know, the hell with him. But until then, you know, I'm just going to wait and see what happens and um, go from there. I mean, that's all you can do. Yeah. But calling for Tito to get fired right now or Antonetti right now, that's just kind of uh, jumping the gun a bit. So, yeah, let's. I can't wait till they start producing, you know, because this is going to get investigated. And it always happens when you have these creeps like, what they get, and it always comes out in court, is like, yeah, Mickey sent me a dick pic. And they're like, well, can you describe his penis? So they'll go, it looks like an egg. And then he'll just be like, it looks like an egg. You know, we're going <laughs> to, it hooks to the right. I'm like, does your penis hook to the right? Yeah, I guess it does. Here we go. It looks like an egg. That's Epstein. Epstein's dick looked like an egg. That's what That's what I was thinking. <laughs> you don't, do you not remember that? I do not remember that, no. And then shortly after, he killed himself because <clears throat> he was getting penis shamed. <laughs> or, I remember Weinstein, they said that his was all mangled up by some sort of crazy like infection. He had, he had an infected penis. Maybe infected balls or taint or something like that where everything got real fucked up. Huh. Thought I remember hearing that. My penis is uh, not real impressive. But it's not going to be described <laughs> as infected, so I guess that's a win. <laughs> yeah, it's a victory. Mine mine has been described as impressively infected. Oh, it's <laughs> filled with pus. <laughs> Anyhow, um, on a lighter, lighter note for the uh, Indians, apparently Francisco Lindor did not care to be called Frankie the entire time he was in Cleveland. We were chanting Frankie um, and it came out and he was like I never said anything it's on me that's my bad and I was like okay but now I've seen like Indians fans on Twitter are attacking him and like even some of the sports writers are comparing him to I think Daryl Ryder was comparing him he's like oh Frankie's the new is going to be just like Kyrie it's like are, are you are you fucking serious just because that is an insane reach. Yes, yes, I I saw that, and that's kind of what wanted me to bring it up. So, did you look into this a little more? I know you were kind of a tiny bit. I saw somebody say that like that Kyrie had said that like it it was lazy. Frankie, said which that, is like not Kyrie, yeah, or Frankie said that, which is like, dude, I you know when they wore those special nickname jerseys, his was Mister Smiles. That's fucking lazy. Frankie is it's I wouldn't necessarily call it like a I don't think it's meant to be a creative nickname. Your name's Francisco. We started calling you Frankie. Like, I don't, there's not a lot to discuss here. Okay, you didn't like it. Too goddamn bad. I'll keep calling you Frankie. It, it reminds me of the Seinfeld episode where 
George Costanza wanted to be T-Bone, but he didn't get to be T-Bone. You don't get to pick your <laughs> nickname sometimes. Like it's a, uh, it's just a fact of life. Do you? Uh, pre- pretty much anybody real close to me calls me Hans or Hawny, and I didn't pick that. I didn't ask to be that. My wife is Mrs. Hawny to many people that are close to us. I didn't get to pick that. Did Did you get just given a name? I got a lot of BK. BK, that's a sweet, that's a sweet one. BK, what was your football number? Seventy three. BK seventy three, dude. That's nice. That's a good one. In high school, seventy three. And then I, I bounced around in, in college because that one wasn't available. Oh, did they retire that up at Mercyhurst? <laughs> <laughs> no, they didn't retire Dick at Mercyhurst. Uh, but yeah, you don't get to pick your nicknames, and sometimes you like them, sometimes you don't. Yeah, I, I think it's kind of a small thing, but I just seen the crazy amount of people attacking. F- That's a good list for next time. Top five sports nicknames. Oh, there we go. Top five sports nicknames. Dude, there's some good ones. And then do you want to do top five worst sports nicknames? Sure. Top five best and worst. I'm jotting it down. There we go. I'll probably be texting you next Monday to ask what the list Yeah, right, is. and I'll come back and look at this. I, I have a piece of paper now that I fold into my laptop, so anytime I open it, I'm like, oh, these are notes from the show. So, <laughs> um, We talked about it. You you sent me something a while back. We, we never discussed it. It's uh, sports fandom. Basically, if you wanted to uh, make your fandom a pie chart or you had $100 to spend – on where your sports loyalty lies, uh, how would you divvy it up? And uh, so we we kind of discussed that. Where Brian, I think yours is going to be pretty pretty basic. I think I probably have a little bit more <laughs> fandom than you. Uh, where 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 does your list go? Who's your number one? Number one's the Cleveland Browns. I'll give them forty two points out of a hundred. Forty two points out of a hundred. Uh-huh. I'm I'm kind of torn. I uh, I don't know where I would go, Ohio State or the Browns. I mean, if I combined Ohio State just totally, if I go Ohio State football anymore, living in Cleveland, I probably would have to say it's pretty even. Uh, I probably know more about the Browns. I probably follow the Browns a little little closer. Just. Because it's easier up here, but I'm going to go thirty thirty. Uh, split Ohio okay. State football, Cleveland Browns are tied up top. So forty two for the Browns for you. Where do you got the tribe at? Thirty eight for the tribe. Thirty eight. You're breaking this down to the to the fine tooth. I knew I wanted to assign eighty to the two of them, and and kind of thinking between the two, it is a little more Browns than Indians. It's just because I, I like the sport of football a lot more. But, like, I, I think I do, especially, you know, I have a lot more positive memories about the Cleveland Indians. The The fact that I love the game of football so much more than I love baseball, which I like baseball a lot, but that's what drives it is the fact that I like the game that much more. But, like, I have a lot of positive memories about the Cleveland Indians. I'm very sentimental with the team as opposed to the Browns who have just fucking – infuriated me for so long um and and even so it still shakes out to be that close but but a little more browns than indians that's fair i i kind of did mine a little more generic um let me ask you how how far did you play obviously you played football for a long time uh at what level did you stop playing baseball or basketball or like wrestle like so uh i i i came into high school and I middle school. I what are you doing? Are you playing everything in middle school? I'm I'm playing baseball, basketball, football in middle school and doing pretty well at, at all of them. Um, I think that if I would have stuck with it, I actually probably could have done better at baseball than football. Well, nah, maybe not. I, I was able to hit the long ball pretty well. Um, First base. Catcher for a while. Ooh. And then and then, yeah, a little bit of first base, a little bit, occasionally third. I, I started having shoulder problems pretty early, so it, it started my throwing motion was affected and it wasn't nearly as good. So I probably would have been a great, a good DH if that was allowed. But, um, 
it, it, it like I said once I got into high school, I came in at like two fifteen, two twenty ish as a freshman, and I left freshman year at two forty five. And the high school, the varsity high school coach was like, "If you get in the weight room and you don't play baseball, well, you will be our starter next year." So I committed to the weight room and ended up not playing uh, baseball at all in high school because I wanted to be a three year starter. Was hoops an afterthought? Just you played that for hoops, hoops, hoops. That like the 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 gym teacher. We only took gym as freshmen at my high school. I don't know how it is at other high schools, but we only we only took it at freshman year, and uh, the the gym teacher was the head basketball coach, and they like he almost like forced me to to go out for the freshman team. So I I went out for the team. I made it, and then I was like. None of my friends play this. I don't particularly care for most of the kids on the team. So after other kids got cut, I quit. So you let other kids not get a slot on the basketball team that they worked so <laughs> yeah. hard for, and you were like, I made it. Yeah. Ah, I'm, I'm cool. <laughs> and I was like, I'm fucking miserable. I hate this. Meanwhile, like, <laughs> and, like I, I remember the, this one poor kid. Um, I came in not long after football. I was in football mode going into basketball tryouts. I – fuck this other kid up like so bad the whole time because i was so physical like if, if you try to throw a screen on me i'm lowering the shoulder yeah. instinctively like you know a month and a half after after football season and <laughs> like i just david armstrong i beat the shit out of that kid for a week <laughs> he made the team he wasn't one of the ones that got cut but yeah but we they ended up kind of pairing us up to go up against each other on the blocks and uh i got physical and i outweighed him by a solid Hundred pounds. Good. He needed that. He needed that. I just imagine some poor kid like getting cut from the basketball team and then like going home and just like discovering Slipknot and just fucking eyeliner and <laughs> prescription pills and just all bad. And then I was. The he one was the last Slipknot. one. He would have made it. He would have made it if it wasn't for you. <laughs> and he wouldn't be addicted to oxycotton now. There were two of them. Two kids got cut. That's it. And then. Yeah, two kids got cut. We, we weren't a big school. Yeah, I uh, I played basketball through eighth grade. I played football. I started playing football in eighth grade and then played football through my junior year. I didn't play my senior year. Um, I never I played football from fourth grade or was it fifth? It was fifth, fifth grade was when tackle football started from fifth grade till, you know, a couple years into college. I was too fat for midget football. <laughs> I was always too fat, and my parents didn't want to drive me. I played baseball. I had a lot of fun playing, like, middle school baseball. But once I get seventh and eighth grade, like, they weren't. I wasn't making the team. They combined everybody those years. So I lost love for baseball pretty quick at that point. But I still loved basketball. I grew up watching basketball. My, my, we were a basketball house. We watched a lot of NBA, a lot of college basketball. Um, we were a baseball house, and I, I played like travel baseball and shit like that, and all through grade school, damn, and middle dude. school. That's tight. I got to pitch one time in middle school, and immediately just started throwing at everybody's head. <laughs> they call me fat, and I was just like, "Oh, I'm pitching today. Fuck you, bitch." Ping. I don't think ping, I've ever ping. mentioned this before, but my sister was a hell of a softball player. You have. She pitched in. Uh, did I tell you that she uh, she led all divisions? Of the NCAA and hit batters one year as a pitcher. Oh, that's badass, dude. That's right up my alley. She wasn't fucking around. She was an intimidator. Not at all. <laughs> so back to this list. Uh, oh, man, I had so many, so many middle school sports. I was a crazy adolescence. I do. I did for <laughs> in high school. I, I didn't play any high school basketball. Obviously, you've seen me before. But <laughs> gym class, uh, the gym teacher... And she'll she'll vouch for me. I still run into her. I still I'm friends with her daughter. I held the record for three point uh, thirty seconds. How many threes Damn. can you hit for like ten years? It was some crazy amount of time. Damn. I caught, I caught fire and we did it. So um, yeah, so that's like my one highlight. I was not a shooter. I was a a rebounder. I was a defensive rebounder. Fair, fair, fair. Um, Dennis Rodman type. I got I got the Cavs coming in. Uh, Browns and Ohio State thirty, and then the Cavs at fifteen. 
is my next one, uh, just because I like basketball a little more. But with LeBron being gone, uh, they're trash, and it's just hard to watch. So that that would jump up if they get a little better. And I got Time Warner Cable because they're not even they're not on any of the streaming services, so it's hard to be a fan right now. I follow the box score every day and know what's going on, but I'm not watching every game. So it's tough for me because I, I think we had talked about this. As far as like the bottom of my list goes. I'll give one percent to my three, to two of my three alma maters. I don't, I don't give a fuck about my college that I went to. The, the head coach that I hate so much is still there. So, I personally, I think fuck them. I, I, I don't give a shit. They don't get any points. The I went to Cleveland State for grad school. Plus, lived in Cleveland my whole life. I'll give Cleveland State basketball one point. I'll give Rocky River High School one point, and then that leaves me with. So that's 82. So that leaves me with 18 points, right? I, I'm not I'm not checking them yeah. half. Yeah, that, that, that leaves me to, at, at, with 82. So 18 left. I will go 10 for Stipe and 8 for the Cavs. Damn. Even if the Cavs are good? Even if the Cavs are good. Now, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put... Everything I got into, like, you know, if the Cavs are really good and in a playoff run, even if they're okay and in a playoff run, I'm very excited. If they're competitive, I get real excited. When they're not, I still follow box scores and shit. But, like, it's the way that I watch a Stipe fight is the same as, as watching a, a Cavs playoff game. I get that excited. Oh, yeah. And then if, you know, like an Indians World Series or a Browns playoff game, it is that much higher than than watching a Cavs playoff game. Fair, that's fair. Um, I I got the Indians at ten. Um, I don't. I won't say I'm the biggest fan, but I spend money. I go down to games. I go to a lot of games. Uh, it was one of the deciding factors to make me move to Cleveland. Is I like going to live baseball games, and uh, so when they're when when you're allowed to go, I go to about ten games a year, fifteen games a year. Uh, so I'm spending money there. So I think that counts for something. Um, Ohio State hoops and Stipe, I got it seven points each. And then Lima Central Catholic Thunderbirds, I changed my numbers at the last minute because I didn't think about alma mater. I always follow <laughs> what they're doing, so I gave them 1%. Uh, Sean Thomas just signed Cincinnati, leading rusher in school history this year. And that's my list, and I think that does it for us. Yeah, that does it for us. All right, guys, until next time. Go Browns. Yeah.